Um, we got a problem in this country, and I think the wildest part about the problem is everyone can kind of see it, and no one really does nothing about it. Um, we have a government that was created to kind of be the voice of us as the people, you know, to create laws to, you know, influence our lives in a positive way so that we can progress. But we don't we don't we don't see or feel much progression. No matter what they tell us, we don't see or feel much progression. Instead, we see a war between the two sides. And it doesn't even matter who's in office. If it's a Democrat, the Republicans is going to war with them. If it's a Republican, the Democrats is going to war with them. If, you know what I mean? And let me give you a little bit of my background so you know where my biases are and where they're not. I don't align with any party. Whether it's Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative I'm, I, I don't align with none of that crap um, And no disrespect to anybody else I just don't believe that there's a cookie cutter way of doing anything I think each individual problem got its own characteristics And needs its own And needs its own attention you know, I mean, that's 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 just that's just what I believe. And I think one of the biggest problems is that the average person has blind loyalty to either of the two parties. It makes no sense to me. It's it's almost like an abusive relationship. You have this blind loyalty to this person that's going upside your head. That's abusing you, manipulating you, talking bad to you. And then every now and then, you know, coming around, sweet talking you. Telling you how they love you How you ain't gonna do better than them How everybody else is a monster It's an abusive relationship Abusive You know what I mean And it's wild because a lot of the great people That we've looked up to from activists um, That stood up for things None of them Well at least most of them Didn't align with any specific party you know what I mean? Like I was listening to Angela Davis from uh, the Black Panther Party recently. Who are you endorsing? Endorsing? Uh, I don't endorse. <laughs> I, I believe in independent politics. I still think that we need a new party, a party that is grounded in labor, a party that can speak to you know all of the issues around uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, what is happening in the world. We don't yet have that party. <clears throat> and even as we participate in this electoral process as it is uh, as it exists today i think we need to be looking ahead uh, toward a very different uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, political process uh, at the same time we put pressure on whoever is running uh, mm. so i'm and see she's exactly right and it's and it's pretty much similar to what martin luther king was always talking about and it's wild because i have to admit i was brainwashed my entire life school system um everything has always made me believe that martin luther king was marching for black people fighting getting thrown in jail all to be accepted by white people I always thought that his thing was to be able to eat at restaurants with white folks or be able to go to school and everybody be happy together and us be accepted. Them give us jobs. But when you really dig into Martin Luther King's speeches, you can see why he was a marked man. He was talking the same way she was talking about putting political pressure on them and using our dollars. 
Now, we are poor people. Individually, we are poor when you compare us with white society in America. We are poor. Never stop to get that collectively, that means all of us together, collectively we are richer than all the nations in the world with the exception of nine. Did you ever think about that? After you leave the United States, Soviet Russia, Great Britain, West Germany, France, and I can name others, the American Negro collectively is richer than most nations of the world. We have an annual income of more than $30 billion a year, which is more than all of the exports of the United States and more than the national budget of Canada. Did you know that? That's power right there if we know how to pool it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that voting doesn't matter. I'm not, and I'm not uh, bashing any party. All I'm saying is that the real fight becoming unified and putting pressure on them and putting pressure on big business, the ones that fund them. Like look back through history. Anytime that black folks have actually been unified, the most powerful one to me, the most powerful moment to me when we were extremely unified was when we didn't even have the right to vote. We didn't even have the right to vote in 1862. Escaped slaves were changing their own lives, but they were also transforming the fate of the nation. By the summer of 1862, President Lincoln faced a dilemma. Not only was the North losing the war, but runaway slaves were forcing him finally to confront the question of slavery itself. Lincoln's first objective in the war had been to save the Union. I have no purpose, he had proclaimed, to interfere with the institution of slavery. But now, military necessity converged with the moral imperative of ending slavery. This was the country in 1862. It was. And therefore, for Lincoln, a place he could escape to. He came here pretty often in the summer of 62 which is this critical summer where he was writing the proclamation this is camp david Historic. this is his camp david as he wrote and made the journey to this cottage he would have seen black refugees camped out all over the city what do you do with them you, you, you just keep ignoring them enslaved people were making the war their war they were making the war about freedom and emancipation. African Americans are arguing the easiest way to win the war is to emancipate slaves. And they make a brilliant point that eventually the Lincoln administration accepts that you need us. If you want to win this war, you need us. Lincoln knew he could no longer avoid committing himself and the nation to slavery's eradication. On September 22nd, Lincoln showed his cabinet 
the outlines of a bold plan. Emancipate the slaves in enemy territory and encourage them to find safety behind Union lines. On January 1st, 1863, he issued the final draft to the nation. From that day on, it read, any slave within a rebellious state shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. Though the proclamation didn't abolish slavery, nor declare all slaves free, it was a powerful statement, redefining the war's purpose as ending slavery. For African Americans, enslaved or free, the Emancipation Proclamation was their Declaration of Independence. Ultimately, them being unified made some change. You know what I mean? It didn't free all of the slaves because you got to remember that there were Union states that had slaves. Um, so he, it would ultimately be suicide for him to completely abolish it. But them being unified made some change. And what 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 happened was it gave the war purpose. And you created three types of people working for uh, fighting for the union. You got white folks who care about the union and they just want to they want to win for the union. They don't really care much about slavery or black folks. Then you got white folks who agree with Lincoln, who who morally didn't like slavery. These are the these are the white folks that are marching with you right now. And then you got slaves who want to change the course of history. They know this is our opportunity to end slavery. This is our opportunity to change things for the next generation and make sure that they never have to suffer like this. And they gave it purpose. So I challenge you, get out of that abusive relationship. Get out of it. Cut that blind loyalty out. I'm not saying not to register to either party Because you still want to have a say so in the primaries But get organized With like minded individuals And hold your politicians accountable To their face In the public Through the media Do the same thing with big businesses Because again They're the ones who are funding the politicians They're the ones who fund the parties So hold them accountable in the same way And number two Stop arguing What's the point? He got a confederate flag in his profile picture. And anytime you say black lives matter, he screams all lives matter. You're not going to change their opinion. Stop wasting your time arguing with them. Instead, when you made that post about police reform and you actually said something that made sense and it got 100 something likes, 50 something comments in favor of what you said Those are the people you start to group chat with Those are the people you have the discussions with And get organized with Pick your leaders Pick the voices Pick the people that will speak for you Come up with an agenda And hold your politicians to the fire This is where real change comes in So get out of that abusive relationship And and I'm, I'm going to leave you with, with, with two videos. I, I want you to see that you can't give your blind loyalty. Look at, the, look at the choices that were given. Remove your bias for one second. And just pay attention to, to, to both of them and how they speak. And how out of touch they are with us. And I don't think they're just out of touch with black people. I think they're out of touch with poor people. Period. 
with middle class to lower middle class people, period. They're just out of touch. You can't trust giving your loyalty to any of them. So pay attention to both videos and see what you get with both of them. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become a, a social uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I give myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. Things that he's repeated three or more times since taking office. And some of those claims he's repeated literally hundreds of times. Here are the top three. So we're building the wall. It started. And we started the wall. It's doing well. Including the building of the wall, which we started. But we should build it at one time. President Trump's wall is not being built. The funding that Congress has approved is for repairs and fencing. Power of the purse isn't agreeing to it. You can't do it. That's the way the federal government works. You have to see these trade deals. We're losing a fortune. Hundreds of billion, billion dollars. dollars. We lost $500, 500 billion. dollars. 300, 400, 500 billion dollars a year. Billion! And for years, we were losing a tremendous amount of money. We're losing a lot of money. That's false. It's just a false construct. Countries don't make or lose money on trade. It's not like a pickpocketing situation. It's the biggest reduction in taxes in the history of this country. It's the, the biggest, biggest tax, tax cut, cut in American history. This is the largest, the largest tax, tax cut that's in the history, history of our country. country. The biggest tax cut, biggest reform of all time. That's false. Trump doesn't even uh, get past what Obama did. Trump's tax cut is the eighth largest in the last hundred years. But the claims don't happen in a vacuum. There are trends. Trump made nearly three times as many false or misleading claims in his second year than he did in his first. Almost a quarter of these claims were during campaign-style rallies, and nearly a fifth were about immigration. And what Trump talks about fluctuates based on what's happening in the news. 